three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino, and my guest today is an entrepreneur since the age of 21. He's the founder of EOS Worldwide, the organization that helps tens of thousands of businesses implement EOS with the aid of an international team of over 350 professional and certified EOS implementers and online support. There are over 100,000 companies using the EOS tools worldwide. He's now devoting time and energy toward helping entrepreneurs in the making get a huge jumpstart on taking their entrepreneurial leap, which is why he created Entrepreneurial Leap. Welcome, everybody. Gino Wickman. Thank you, Simon. Thrilled to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. You know, your books are mandatory in our programs because the EOS is this so much needed core operating system of a business. And uh, if you have that, you can survive, navigate, yeah. adapt. If you don't have an operating system, well, that's what happens with most of the companies, right? Yeah. So we are pumped to have you here and you are a real entrepreneur from the age of 21. Can you tell us, 21, how did you start? You bet. Well, and let me create a little context. So I really appreciate what you said there. So for the last 30 years, I've obsessed about what makes business successful, what makes entrepreneurs successful. And I created EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, wrote six books around that to help entrepreneurs do that. And what I decided a couple of years ago after selling the business that I want to now devote my time and energy to the front end of the entrepreneurial journey, having all of that experience, I want to help anyone out there that thinks they're an entrepreneur in the making really determine if they are. And so I describe it as uh, there's a great quote by Danielle Kennedy. We teach what we needed the most. And so at 18 years old, I was a mislabeled derelict. I was lost. I was confused. I was an entrepreneur in the making. And I didn't realize that. I didn't know I was an entrepreneur fully until about 29 years old. And so what I'm trying to do here is help anyone that thinks they might be an entrepreneur, thinks they want to take the entrepreneur leap, decide if it's right for them. And, and, and then the last little point is that, and to start this off, is a person who is a true entrepreneur in the making possesses six essential traits that they were born with. And I call them visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, and responsible. And so those are the, that's the jumping off point, I guess, to set the stage. And now, right now, many people are thinking, am I an entrepreneur? Should I start? Especially since they might have lost a job as an employee, or they might see an opportunity right now with things shifting. And you are one of these guys who says, hmm, Think twice if you're an entrepreneur because you need these six traits. How, how do people recognize if they are a real entrepreneur or not? Yeah. And so one way to do that um, is I've created an assessment. It's on the website. It's free at e-leap.com. You can take that assessment. And if you score 90 or higher, odds are pretty darn good that you have those six essential traits. The other thing is to just pay attention to your life and think about have you exhibited these traits all along? And so what I'd love to do is I'll give you kind of a 
one minute riff on those six essential traits a little deeper. And as I share that, I would love your audience to just kind of scan themselves and think about their life and have they exhibited these signs. And so visionary means that you have lots of ideas. You're able to connect the dots. You have a sixth sense. You see things other people don't. Passionate means that you have absolute passion for whatever your thing is, whatever you're working on, the dent that you want to put in the universe. Problem solver means that you solve problems. You're a creative problem solver. Whenever you get hit with a problem, it energizes you and you dive in where most of the world runs from their problems or hope they go away. You just take it on. Driven means that you have this internal fire, this intensity. You want to win. You want to succeed. You're self-motivated. Risk taker means that you don't freeze when it comes time to make a tough decision. And so you've always exhibited when it's time for a tough decision, you make that call as opposed to suffering from analysis paralysis as most do. And responsible means you take responsibility for the outcome. You blame no one when something goes wrong. Half the world blames everyone else when something goes wrong. The other half takes responsibility. If that describes you, then you have that trait. And so the idea is to just really think about have you been exhibiting these signs your whole life? Because, and now if we scan ourselves, we can go like a checklist through it. And so how many do we need? For example, if we have all of them, but we always find excuses why the tech or why not enough money or why somebody else is wrong. If we have like 90% or 80%. I've got bad news. <laughs> It's all or nothing. So you have all six or you don't. And so if you're missing one, um, unfortunately, you just don't have everything it takes to truly be an entrepreneur. But I want to make an important point because uh, it's not a death sentence if you don't have these six essential traits. It doesn't mean you can't have a business. And so my point is this, I'll try and describe it very quickly, but I write something in the book, I created a visual called the entrepreneurial range. And so if you picture this arc, and on the left side of that arc, if you picture the word self-employed, and on the right side of that arc, if you picture the word true entrepreneur, anyone that owns their own business is somewhere on that entrepreneurial range. Well, on the self-employed side, these are the one-person shows, freelancers, some of the side hustle, the solopreneur. And so that's okay. Uh, you're self-employed. It's very respectable, very admirable. But odds are you're not going to build an empire. And so this book, Entrepreneurial Leap, and these six essential traits are all about people on the right half of that range that are the true entrepreneurs. And so if you picture the ones that redline that, these are the greatest entrepreneurs of all time. Elon Musk, Oprah Winfrey, Steve Jobs, Walt Disney, and so many others. And so hopefully that creates a little bit of perspective and context. Should somebody pick from the beginning, I am a freelancer or I am an entrepreneur, or is it something that can start as a freelancer and then it grows bigger than you are, you become the bottleneck, you let it go, and you build a system that can fly without you. Yeah, so what's important about this is I'm just trying to create awareness, okay? And, and with what I'm teaching, I really believe you are born with these traits and they can't be taught. Truth be told, I hope I'm wrong because if I'm wrong, then everybody could learn these traits. I don't think I am wrong. So, so you're born with them. So the point here is I'm trying to create awareness. So you go into this, if you can fully understand what I'm trying to teach, you can make a decision for yourself. Because if you don't have all six essential traits and you're trying to build this 100 person organization, 
you're going to be miserable. I'm trying to save someone that doesn't have these six essential traits from 10 years of hell trying to build something. And so it's awareness. And, and so prove me wrong. You know, if I, I'm, I'm willing to be wrong, but I'm just trying to make everyone aware so they can make the right decision for themselves and understand where they are on that entrepreneurial range if they truly do want to be self-employed. And again, let's pretend you don't have the six essential traits. That doesn't mean you can't go work for an entrepreneur. That doesn't mean that you can't go become an integrator to a visionary entrepreneur. I created a concept called the visionary integrator concept. It just probably means that you're not going to be that visionary entrepreneur that redlines the entrepreneurial range. I agree so much on this point. And I think I'm understanding now myself a little bit better. We are certifying business coaches. Nice. And uh, we always think which which skills should they have? Which skills can we teach? And I had a very clear intuition from the beginning. I said, they need to be entrepreneurs and they don't need to be coaches. We can teach coaching because mm -hmm. coaching is listening. 80% is listening, 20% is tools and techniques. We can teach that part. The other part, being an entrepreneur, I never had a, a grasp on how to teach that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think your assumption is absolutely right. If these are the six traits, this is nothing you can develop in three weeks, in six weeks. No. No. And the beauty is I create an assessment for you that you can have all of your coaches take the assessment. And if they score 90 or higher, you probably have a good one. Because the other reality is I'm assuming they have to do some of their own business development, right? Is that a fair assumption? 90% comes from us. Oh, that's good. So that, that helps because if they have to do all of their own business development, in addition to you know being great coaches, then all of those traits are going to be important. And so the less they have to do entrepreneurial things in the work that they do, then the less important that those six essential traits will be. But again, you've got a great assessment now <laughs> to help determine if they truly are entrepreneurs. You saved our, our life. I have a sister now for hiring. Beautiful. I got here just in time. Yes. The universe wanted us to come together. <laughs> I am so curious. Who do you pick for the strategy award after one word from our sponsors? Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. When everybody's zigging, this person is zigging. But from your perspective, this person is doing the right thing. Who do you pick? You know, it's it's so hard for me to give you this perfect one answer because I live in a world of small businesses, okay? And so my clients and EOS Worldwide's clients are 10 to 250 person privately held companies. So that's the world that I live in. And those are all of my heroes. So I don't pay a lot of attention to all of the billion dollar companies out there. And I'm assuming you get a lot of those answers. So, you know, if, if you think, if you want me to come up with a strategy award, again, it's so simple, um, but it one of my clients comes to mind that's just absolutely growing like mad in the last few years through all of these crazy times. And what they're doing is building a very large dealership group. They sell cars, which sounds so boring and so simple. And so it's not high tech, but, Feldman Automotive, he actually joined forces with Mark Wahlberg. They partnered. They're now buying dealerships together and they're building 
just an amazing empire there. And so Feldman Automotive, Jay Feldman is his name. And he's just an incredible, incredible entrepreneur. And I actually showcase him in the book. So in the middle part of the book that I call Glimpse, I give countless real world stories of entrepreneurs and what they built. And he's one of the stories that I showcase because he's just the embodiment of a true entrepreneur. Beautiful. Now you have written six books, some of them worldwide bestseller. Uh, what are three books that uh, touched you most? Yeah, that's great. So first and foremost, right at the top of my list when I was in my early 20s, Think and Grow Rich. So anyone that thinks they might be an entrepreneur is interested in becoming an entrepreneur. That is a must read. So Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, life changing um, and just a great way to, to, to think of mindset. Uh, number two would probably be um, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. And again, I'm trying to go back to my 20s on the books that really shaped my thinking. So uh, Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And then the third one, it isn't a book. <clears throat> it's an audio recording from the 50s or the 60s, but a must listen to for anyone that wants to be successful It's Earl Nightingale's audio recording called The Strangest Secret. And so you can look it up on YouTube. It's a 30-minute audio. And I must have listened to that a hundred times in my 20s, if not a thousand times. It was just constantly always playing in my car. Um, and so those would be the three that uh, come top of mind. Cool. Let's dive deeper into your concept of visionary and integrator. We, we had Perry Marshall on the show last week. He talked about alchemist. You might know his definition, marketing, marketing DNA, alchemist versus producer. The one is the initiator, the other is the finisher. I, I hear a slightly different spin in your, in your model. Can you affect that? Yeah, well, I can't speak to that concept, but I can speak to my concept, certainly. So, um, and I'll try and share it as fast as I can. And so I discovered this when I took over my family business. Okay, and so at 25 years old, I took over running the family business. It was in deep need of a turnaround. It was in deep, ugly debt. And I was able to turn the business around in three years, ran it for seven years, and then we successfully sold it. Well, my dad was a visionary entrepreneur, this wild and crazy builder of companies. And, and, and so I came to call him the visionary. I called myself the integrator. And, and so shoot forward in time now, almost 30 years later, this term visionary integrator, which was my goal to use that terminology in the small business world, is the terminology to define the wild and crazy typical founder of the organization who's an entrepreneur and how that visionary entrepreneur needs to be counterbalanced with an integrator, meaning that that's the person that runs the day-to-day -day of the business, manages the people, holds people accountable, harmoniously integrates the major functions of the business to free up that visionary entrepreneur to grow to the next level. And so it's just over 30 years making that discovery with my dad and how powerful it was for him to have me as an integrator and what we did with that company. And then now having seen it thousands and thousands and thousands of times over the last 30 years, um, what it ultimately does is it frees up a visionary entrepreneur who's stuck in the day-to-day -day of their business 
at some level of growth, they just can't do it all. And at that point in time, it's time for them to bring that, again, counterbalance into place to free them up to grow the company to the next level. And so if your superpower was the integrator, how did you do later uh, starting uh, EOS and then growing it? Such a great question. So um, in my research and what I've learned is, so, so roughly about 4% of the population are entrepreneurs, visionaries, if you will. Um, of those visionaries, about 5%, one out of 20 has the ability to do both. So they can literally be the visionary and the integrator in their organization. They have a detail orientation that's very rare for a visionary. And so what happens is when you have someone that can do both, which is what I am, to answer your question, they're able to run and grow the company at a level of detail that's very unusual for most visionaries. But what will happen for them is they will get to a point where capacity is their issue and they've got to pick. Do they want to spend their time being a visionary or an integrator because they need to then bring that person in? So an example is I have a client that built his company to a hundred million before he got his integrator because he's so good at being the integrator and the visionary. So the short answer is I'm both. And I had a lot of piss and vinegar in my twenties when I took over that family business. Uh, I was a great integrator. I was also a visionary, but I didn't really know that. And when I realized exactly what I was at 29, four years later, I realized that I want to spend my time in the visionary seat for the rest of my life because for me, it's more fun than, than those day-to-day -day details. So I'm one of the rare 5% that can do both. And that's why. And so if we are an integrator, we need to help the visionary get freed up, freed up, freed up. Is it like a spiral moving upwards where they go into a more leveraged, more growth oriented tasks? Well, I wouldn't, it's it's not so much linear or iterative as much as it is, I mean, it truly is a light bulb moment and the flicking of a switch. Uh, so I'll try and explain this. So if you understand that visionary energy that we've been talking about, those six essential traits, this wild and crazy person, there are as many weaknesses as there are strengths, but they are this tornado of a person for lack of a better term. And they get to a point in the organization where, like I said, they can't do it all. So again, it's not linear. Um, it is about finding that person when you're ready and literally inserting them into your company and having the major functions report to them. So again, having seen this personally a thousand times, it is truly like flicking a switch. And all of a sudden, when the right integrator is in place running the day to day, all of a sudden, it's like 10,000 pounds have been lifted off of the visionary shoulder because they're spending all their time now in their personal sweet spot, which is an idea machine, growing the company, uh, the culture, uh, talking with customers, reinventing the product and service. So they're spending all their time in their sweet spot now because that integrator now has finally freed them up from all of the day-to-day -day chaos of the business. A true visionary does not like managing people and holding them accountable, and they're finally free of that. And wherever there is light, there is darkness and shadow. <laughs> yes. So this tornado with all these strengths, 
Yes. What you seen as being a shadow, something that they have to be observant of and maybe even disciplined and work on. Yeah, I love I love that you're bringing that up. So what I one of the things I do, I'm going to bring you back to Entrepreneurial Leap for a minute. So the way I wrote that book is in three parts, Confirm, Glimpse, and Path. And Confirm, again, is all about giving you eight ways to Sunday to figure out, are you this very unique entrepreneur with these six essential traits? And, and, and one of the things I do is, in addition to teaching the six essential traits, I then write an entire chapter that just, it's a riff on all of the wonderful characteristics of a visionary. But then I go right to where you're going, and then I write about three pages on the downside of a person that has all of these wonderful traits and characteristics. So what's happening by that point is they're thumping their chest in the Superman or woman pose, thinking that they're this perfect person. Well, unfortunately, with all those great strengths come weaknesses. And like you said, where there is light, there is darkness. So in that riff, I'll just give you a couple of high-level things. So um, one of the downsides is, is these people have trouble focusing. And so they're just very distracted. They almost always have ADD. And so they just have a lot of trouble being distracted. And so they're, or they have a lot of trouble staying focused and being distracted. So they're always distracted by shiny stuff. They tend to be very intense and domineering, which can be intimidating and kind of wears people out. They tend to, when they change direction, they give an organization whiplash. And so everyone in the organization is going this way and all of a sudden they have a new idea and the whole organization has to shift here. I call that organizational whiplash and I could keep going, but there's literally a three page riff on the downside to being a visionary. And the whole idea is just to know thyself and know that about you so that you can delegate those things off, surround yourself by people with those strengths so that you can just spend all of your time, like I keep saying, in your sweet spot. You have written the book and now you have a mission. Can you tell us about your big goal? Yeah, you bet. So the goal of this project and this book is to impact a million entrepreneurs in the making over the next 10 years. And so the whole idea is to help identify and find all of the entrepreneurs in the making in the world and help them understand the life they're born to live. And the idea is to help them realize what they are, take their leap and greatly increase their odds of success. I believe I can help eliminate half the mistakes they're about to make and greatly increase their odds of success. And, and one question that I always have is, can a real entrepreneur ever stop and relax because everybody I work with when they sell their company and they could easily relax for the rest of their life they start the next one yeah. and you have built something to global scale you have sold it you could easily relax mm -hmm. you start your next journey can you what is your experience with this topic I, I get it all too well. So guilty as charged. I, I wish I knew what contentment felt like. Felt like. I hear it's wonderful. And, and so, yes, I sold the business and immediately started this new project. And then what's ironic is I'm in the middle of this 10-year project. This pandemic hits. All of a sudden, I'm not on a plane every three weeks and I'm not in a hotel room 40 nights a year. So I had capacity. So I literally wrote another book. Now, we're that's not what this podcast is about, but I literally wrote another EOS book called The EOS Life that comes out in September. But that's like, 
that was just like a little side project, which is insane. I wrote that book in three months, which it, it flowed like water. But my point is, I just don't know how to turn it off. I don't know how to stop. I love it. I just absolutely love it. I take a good amount of time off, but I work at a very intense pace because I love to create. I love to help. There's so much opportunity in this world. I can't turn it off. So I wish I knew the solution, but you know, I see myself going hard, working on something until the day I keel over. And how do you manage to stay sane? What, what does your wife, your family say about it? Well, so um, it's, you know, if you are a true entrepreneur, you definitely need support at home. So I just I have an incredible wife that supports the wacky person that I am. Uh, she grew up in an entrepreneurial family, so that helps. Mm -hmm. um, I feel for the entrepreneurs that have spouses that are not as supportive because they don't get it. So that's challenging, you know, that's, that's, I can't imagine how painful that must be. So there's no easy answer. I just have a lot of support. With that said, you know, I do, I'm, I am pretty balanced where when I take time off, I take time off and I, I'm able to turn it off. And so all total, I've taken 150 days off a year for the last 20 years. But when I'm, and again, that includes weekends. So there's already 104 days in that 150 days, but I still take, I take the month of August off every year. I've taken an August sabbatical for 20 years, but those days that I am working, the remaining days, they are pretty intense. So I, I'm able to balance it that way. And so when I'm taking time off, we travel a lot. Um, I'm pretty focused when I'm home at night, but it's 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 a pretty intense pace when I'm working and I just don't know how to do it any other way. And fortunately, I have support at home. What's your writing process? You're such a prolific writer. Do you write first uh, or talk it into a video and have somebody transcribe? What's your what's your process? Yeah, that's a great question. So. The way I always describe it is I don't consider myself to be an author or a writer. I'm a teacher. And so what I do is I teach on paper, for lack of a better term. And so for me, I do need to talk it out. Um, and so I've done it various ways, but ultimately I talk it out or I think in chunks, if you will. So with, with, five, with four of the EOS books, I have co-authors on those books. And what I'm doing to them is I'm talking the book out to them. And so every week we will do a call. I will talk it out. They will write what we talked about. I will get it back and then I will edit. So the best way I can describe it is whichever way I do it, because it tends to change with each book. I talk it out. It gets captured on paper. And then I get back a rough manuscript that, that I then very obsessively edit. And so I will comb through my manuscripts literally... 10 to 20 times before it's done. I'm incredibly obsessive. And I will read it and edit it, and I will keep passing through it until the final moment that I roll from the first word to the last word without a bump. Then I know I've got it. It's, it's, it's a crazy obsessive process. It's normally me. Once I get to the editing process, which is what I love, it's normally sitting in a coffee shop somewhere, pouring over that manuscript. I'm literally handwriting on that manuscript, just the way that my create the way my creativity works. I hand that handwritten manuscript to my assistant. She makes all the changes, sends it back, and then I do it again. 
send it back, and then I do it again until the day that, like I said, I get through without a bump. How will how will the promotion process look like without a a traditional book tour? Well, I've never done a traditional book tour. I'm 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 not a fan of book signings, book launches, all that kind of stuff. So I did one book signing for my co-author um, on Get a Grip, but other than that, it's it's very unconventional. Everything I've ever done is very unconventional, and so um, all of my books have this kind of long tail approach. So I think in the first year that Traction came out, I think I sold a thousand copies, you know? And so this year we'll probably sell close to 200,000 copies. And that's what, 15 years later. So, so book sales have always gone up about 30 to 40% every single year. And so what it's about is it's about the business model and doing the work. And it's, all, it's about all of those EOS implementers out there doing great work. And so it's all just kind of a word of mouth so I don't put a ton of money into launching a book. I'm not trying to get on bestseller lists. Um, it's just this grassroots, helping people, teaching people. I believe the content has to be great and then word of mouth takes over. So it's kind of the antithesis of what every book marketing expert would tell you. It's beautiful. It's different and it's beautiful. It's servant leadership. And we see you at Tornado uh, one of the 4%, and of that 4%, a half that is detailed enough, but also visionary. And we, we, we can see and feel your passion right now when you talk about this thing, and it lights you up. It's beautiful. Appreciate that. Well, my last question, who should be my next guest? Uh, well, I would highly recommend uh, Mark Winters, so my co-author on Rocket Fuel. So Rocket Fuel is the visionary integrator concept. And so he can take you much deeper than where I just took you on that. And I get a sense that you've got a lot of visionaries listening in on this. And so for them to really understand the concept and how to find your perfect integrator. But I think you also have some integrators out there that need to attach themselves to the perfect visionaries. So I think you'd have a blast interviewing Mark Winters. Beautiful. And where, where should people go? To, to stay on top of your journey and read your stuff. Yeah, well, the epicenter of all things entrepreneurially, because that's the current focus and project, is e-leap.com. And what you'll find there is that free assessment I talked about. You can get a free chapter of the book if you want to wet your whistle and learn about what's in that book before you actually buy the book. You can buy the book there. You can also learn to be a collaborator. So anyone out there that has an interest and a passion for teaching, coaching, helping, guiding potential entrepreneurs in the making. What I do is I give you my content for free. You teach it freely in the world, however you want. No money changes hands, no contracts. All I ask is that you give credit where credit is due. And it's this ultimate win-win relationship. So we have 90 collaborators all over the world that are out there helping entrepreneurs in the making. So just click on the become a collaborator button if that's appealing to you out there. Gino Wickman, everybody, thank you so much for sharing your journey, your wisdom with us. Six essential traits to check before you start your firm. And uh, get the book, everybody. Get the book. Thank you so much, Gino. Please. Thank you, Simon. Thank you. A blast. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.